I'm going to guess that you've clicked on this episode because you want to improve your business finances, but you feel a bit lost on where to start. Well, if that's you, I have something really exciting to share, which is that I have collaborated with the financial education app, Your Juno, to create a course on all things freelancer finances. It covers all of the fundamentals of managing your money as a sole trader and a business owner. I share how to streamline your finances and set up systems, how to understand tax and make sure that you pay on time, how to be confident in price yourself and investing to grow your business, how to implement the profit first method, which I absolutely swear by, and so much more. It is the course that I wish I had when I started out my business and had no clue about anything to do with money. It's super interactive, so you have daily bite-sized lessons and small action steps, which make sure that you're not just learning the theory, but you're actually putting it into practice. The course launches next week and then kicks off at the start of October. There are limited spaces, so to join the waitlist and be first in line to improve your business finances with my support, head to the link in the show notes. I'm genuinely so excited about this and love talking all things money as you're here in this episode. So make sure to go and check it out and I'll leave you to enjoy my conversation with Ellie. Goodbye. As an employee, your job is not actually very secure. What is driving your behavior is that money mindset. You have a linear path, really. Whereas when you're a business owner, that doesn't exist. If you want to earn more money, you have to go out and earn more money. The idea of even adding like £100 to your day rate or adding a little bit to your hourly rate as a business owner, that feels intimidating. The reality is we are not what we earn. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode 200 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and I'm here with money expert and fellow Southwest London lover, Ellie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I didn't realise until I said it then, it's the 200th episode. I cannot believe that. That is so impressive. Like, that's what, four years? Yeah. That's a lot of lot of talking. A lot of talking, a lot of podcasting. But yeah. it's it's going from strength to strength from the sounds of it. Thank you so much. I mean, we're still here. That's yeah. something. <laughs> I'm obviously just, you know, not necessarily the listeners encouraging me to continue. I just kind of relentlessly show up each week. Uh, so. no, but that is part of, I guess, just being a business owner, isn't it? It's just showing up day after day, one foot in front of the other. <laughs> and you know what? Now I think about it, our 100th episode was about money as well. Really? So obviously that's how we mark the big episodes. Yeah. We have the big chats. I am very honoured to be here on such a momentous podcast episode. It's it's a pleasure to have you. So diving straight in, because I feel like money is a topic that we both love and hate to talk about. I feel like we're on the side of loving to talk about it. I am fully that person. And I think it's slightly because I've never been in corporate. So I've never had that kind of shame around money put into me. Like if I could, I would ask everyone, so what's your salary? How much is your rent? What did you buy your house for? Like I love talking money. And I think in the context of business, it's so important, yet something that we so infrequently do. Starting off with a question, which I feel like sounds quite basic, but to me, I'm interested to hear your answer on. When we hear the phrase money mindset, so obviously we talk a lot about the practicals of money and we'll get into some of that today, but the more kind of emotional mindset side of money, what actually is money mindset? What does that mean? Yes, this is a question I love and this is the part of money that I find so fascinating. So our money mindset is a combination of our behaviours, our views, the way that we relate to money in our day-to-day life. And I think the thing that so often people don't 
realize or acknowledge is that we don't know often what our money mindset is until we actually stop and think about it quite hard because it is formed by all sorts of experiences, subconscious things that we consume and absorb as kids mostly and they then play out in various different ways in adulthood so our money mindset is this subconscious pattern of behavior that we are often playing out without knowing about it so it comes up in all different circumstances as an adult and it's only once you start to pay attention to it really and see how you're behaving with money, how you're feeling about money, that you can be like, oh, okay, something's going on here that I'm not necessarily aware of. Or even if I am aware of it, why is it? And what is it that my subconscious is telling me about money that's causing me to be like this? So it's almost all the kind of beliefs and thoughts and feelings that you've got around money, even if you're not consciously aware of it, that are affecting your behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. So for example, like you can think that you are really comfortable talking about money or that you're really comfortable with budgeting and that you're all on top of it, but then you find yourself behaving in ways that don't align with that, that aren't consistent and be really confused as to, you know, why you're telling yourself one thing and then you're doing another. And it's often because what is driving your behavior is that money mindset that is kind of further below the surface. But it is something that, you know, we can work on, we can change over time once you're aware of what actually it is that you're dealing with. And then in the context of business, how does money mindset affect that? Because I feel like, at least for me personally, when I, you know, I'm not an approved financial expert in any way. So when I'm talking about money, I kind of stick to the practical because that feels quite safe, right? Of giving like, here's tips, you know, save this percentage for your tax, set up your accounts in this way. But I think in the same way that business strategy is only half of the piece or one piece of the puzzle, I feel like it's the same with money where the practical stuff is very important and it's one piece of the puzzle, but the mindset part, plays a really big role as well. What role do you notice money mindset plays for us as business owners? I think it's more important than ever when it comes to business because you are so much more in contact, I think, with your finances as a business owner than you are if you just have a salary where every month you get the same amount, it comes in and you just go through this process where you're like, move this there, move this there, move this there. You have to be in tune with what is going on in those ebbs and flows, what is coming in, what is going out, what you need to put aside for different things. It's a lot more important I think and especially because when you're in a job when you're salaried as an employee then actually how you get to having more money is just by effectively ticking boxes and performing well of course but you have a linear path really which shows you how you get from A to B to C. Whereas when you're a business owner, that doesn't exist. If you want to earn more money, you have to go out and earn more money. And you have to either charge more and ask for more money, which can cause a whole host of issues if your money mindset's all over the place because it starts you asking questions like, am I worth this? You know, how much should I charge? Am I overcharging? Am I undercharging? Do people think I'm rude for asking this much money? You know, we could go on for days with those issues that it causes um, and that it it sets off. The only other option that you have as a business owner is to work more hours. If you don't want to ask for more money, but you want to earn more money, you've either got to work more, you've got to ask for more. And that just doesn't really exist in the same way for an employee. Of course, you have to have conversations about salary, about review, but it's much more structured. And, you know, you're working within certain boundaries, which 
as a business owner, again, there really aren't any boundaries. You have to set those boundaries. There are industry standards. There are hopefully people you can talk to about what to charge, but really it's kind of a free for all. Yeah, there's so many decisions, so many problems, so many things to figure out. As you're saying that, I was even thinking I've got a friend who's recently got a new job and they're going, I'll keep them anonymous, I hope they don't mind me saying this. And they're going from, I think a 34K salary to a 50K salary. And actually they're, hours are less in this high job and they've got more perks and all for them I think that's incredible I love that but I look at that as a business owner and I'm like it is just not that simple no and I'm not you know ignoring all of the hard work and everything else that they've done to achieve that growth but you're right in a business there's so much more to figure out I'm not saying it's impossible to earn more and work less number one that's a nice Instagram post it's (laughs) a lot more complicated in reality and number two it's not as simple as just okay, make that leap. I feel like in business, it's so much more tiny, tiny, tiny steps as opposed to in a career, it's more those big leaps between different points financially. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very well known really that in in a job in a salaried job you can go to a recruiter you can go to another role you can negotiate your package and you can like you say make those big steps from one job to the other in like almost a fell swoop and like you say you know it takes a lot of work to get there but you can do that the idea of even adding like a hundred pounds to your day rate or adding a little bit to your hourly rate as a business owner that feels intimidating it feels a lot harder I think for a lot of business owners because there's also this precarity I think that comes with money as a business owner where you don't feel that security and this is something that I find fascinating because the reality is that as an employee your job is not actually very secure I I'm married to an employment lawyer, so I get a very kind of inside view of what the reality is inside a lot of businesses. But there's this perception that when you're an employee, your job is super safe. And there's, I think, an even bigger perception when you're a business owner that everything financial is very insecure. And there are elements of truth to both. You know, you do have a notice period if you're an employee, but as a as a contractor, as a freelancer, as a business owner, often you do have the ability to have ongoing pieces of work, ongoing clients. Like, so there is always going to be an element of precarity, but I feel like it feels so much more intense as a business owner. Yes. And people talking about it makes the problem worse for me sometimes. The more we talk about the problem, actually, sometimes the worse the problem gets in the sense that it just feels bigger than it is. Like if you hear everyone saying, oh my gosh, it's so insecure to be a business owner, aren't you terrified of the financial aspect? I mean, surely that's just adding to those money stories that we've been telling ourselves of like, money is bad, money is scary, business is is bad financially. And we kind of just build up all of these weird little beliefs that then change the way that we behave. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I personally, at least my perception of how well I'm doing in business is very different to if I was an employee. And if I was earning what I earn as an employee, I'd probably think I am doing okay. But I think there's something in the world of business that makes you feel like every step forward when it comes to money, like, oh, well, it's so fragile. And I actually spoke about this um, the other day on Instagram, like this idea that I, every time a good opportunity comes, and this kind of reveals a little bit about my money mindset, I always worry and 
panic a little bit like oh my gosh well what if it doesn't actually come through like it's in my inbox it's progressing but what if the contract doesn't get signed there's this feeling that things won't last in the same way but you know both of us we're years into this now um still like relatively young businesses but i've it's worked for this long so why why is there this idea that when you're a business owner that it's not going to keep working whereas if you're in the job you just kind of feel like oh yeah, I can do my job for the next 30 years. Yeah. Um, it's very strange. It is strange. And I mean, there's so much from that that I want to pick up on. It always baffles me when I speak to my friends that have jobs and I'm like, oh, you never worry that you're not going to get paid next month. Yeah. Like that's just not something that goes, like you don't even think about, you don't even know where your salary is coming from. You don't, you don't know what revenue from the business is going towards your salary. You don't know if they're making it this month or if it's been saved up for the last few years. Like you just have no relationship with that. That must be so incredibly freeing. Yeah. But something you've, you've touched on a couple of times is that kind of more emotional relationship with our money as business owners. And I think that's a really big part, at least for me and in my experience and what I've noticed in others of what affects the way we interact with our money is when we take it very personally. I wonder if that's one of the challenges we face as business owners, particularly when we don't perhaps separate our business and personal finances, which anyone that's ever spoken to me about money will know that's something I'm a big advocate for. Split them apart, your life will be changed. But one of the problems is that we kind of look at our business finances in quite a personal way and we begin to think, well, that's my measure of success and that's my worth and that tells me how well I'm doing. When yes, it's an ind- it, it might be a measure of success for some of us and it is of course an indicator of how well we're doing but we almost become too attached to it and I wonder if that attachment becomes unhelpful because then when you're looking to up your pricing or make more or less or do anything with your money it it isn't just a practical problem it becomes an emotional problem as well. Absolutely and I think this applies to everybody whether it is a salary whether it's your business finances like we generally attach far too much value to the amount of money that we are making. Um, The reality is we are not what we earn. We are not that number. That number changes and that doesn't actually change who you are as a person. It doesn't change who you are as a business owner. It doesn't change who you are as an employee. But we have somehow got ourselves into a position in this society where we really tie our net worth, our income to our self-worth. And one of the things I think really kind of, for me, helped break through this is really interrogating it. It's like we set these goals and we can... I know we'll talk about this more, but this idea of like, you know, 10K months, six figures, people become obsessed with these numbers, whether it is a salary, whether it's a turnover, whether it's profit. But when you reach them and you hear this time and time again on interviews with millionaires, billionaires, when you reach it, nothing happens. You reach it, you go, oh, cool. And then you move those goalposts and it becomes okay now I want to make the next six figures or I want to make six figures in a short amount of time or I want to turn over like two three k more this month than last month those goalposts constantly move and I think particularly as business owners there is a culture a little bit of especially on Instagram on social media it's it's very clickbaity but talking about I made x amount in x amount of time and it's like well that's great for you a we don't know the story we don't know what's actually going on behind that you know I can I can skew my figures to look very different to the reality if I want to but also why does that actually matter and I think we have to ask ourselves as business owners why am I clicking on that like why am I finding that something that's aspirational like do I actually 
want to emulate what this person is doing or actually and I know this sounds easier said than done but like think about what you as a business owner like want out of your life and business like why are you building this business what do you want that lifestyle to look like what is success actually to you because I can tell you it isn't a number it might be stuff that those numbers facilitate but a number in itself is not going to get you the satisfaction that you're looking for so chasing that number alone like it's quite fruitless and it really like only sets you up to feel pretty empty when you get there Completely. And I can give so many examples from personal experience, both from myself and with clients where it's exactly that you reach the the goal. And if that goal was nothing more than just a vanity metric, then you just move the goalpost and you just go for the next one. And I think it's important to clarify, like there's nothing wrong with wanting to make more money or wanting to, you know, grow your finances. But just as you're saying, it's so important to ask why, why do I want more money? Why am I pushing from a 5k month to a 10k month? If you can give yourself a legitimate list of reasons of like okay I'm doing this because of these different things that are important to me but I think the other thing is as well that's important to acknowledge is not only do you want to make that money but do you want to put in the work it's going to take to make that money because I've experienced this in my own business in clients as well where even for me like my business has passed uh, six figures for a couple of years and actually I've reflected and gone well it wasn't it didn't feel good yes I made a lot of money quote unquote, it was revenue, not profit. But actually, was I comfortable with what I was doing to make that money? I had a conversation with a client recently and they were wanting to scale from 100,000 pounds to 250. And I was like, cool, great, why? And when we couldn't really figure out why, aside from like, oh, it'd be good to make more money. I was like, okay, that's allowed to be enough of a why. I mean, I'm not gonna judge that, go for it. I then mapped out, okay, and based off of your current business model, here's how much you'd have to work. Here's the amount of things you need to sell. Here's the amount of marketing that would take. Here's the tools and systems that would mean. Here's the team. Very quickly, we've begun to conclude, yeah, no, this goal isn't actually what we want. And we don't see that talked about enough. We just talk about these big figures and never about what it actually looks like in practice. Yeah, exactly. And I think for so many people, starting a business isn't just about success or the end goal. I think a lot of the time, it's also about a lifestyle. Like I speak to so many people who have set up their own business, who have gone freelance because they want to have a different lifestyle. They don't want to work that structured office, like nine to six or whatever. Actually, if you're then setting yourself these goals, which are absolutely like stretch goals within your capacity then like you're going to work far harder than you would have worked in that office job that you gave up because you wanted a different lifestyle yeah the irony hey we all quit jobs to start businesses and be super free and then we're just chained to our laptop yeah and I mean I'm guilty of this at times as well like I'm like oh my gosh I love like working for myself and then I spend like two weeks glued to my laptop because I've committed to like loads of client work and stuff and you know it's hard it is hard to say no sometimes and this comes back to that clarity and I know that's where it comes from for me is this fear of the work then not carrying on and so I feel sometimes like oh I need to say yes to everything but then you end up in this cycle where you're like okay well now I've just signed myself up to a life which is more stressful than the job that I didn't want to do. (laughs) Completely. And I think it comes down to 
having that real clarity and conviction on your why, on the purpose of knowing like, right, for me, not for others, like for me, what is this business about? What lifestyle do I want? What money do I want to make? How do I want to feel? And it's going to look different for everyone. I know I can look back and see how my business has gone in seasons. There's been times where I've pushed and that's felt good. There's been times where I've stepped back and that's felt good. It's no right or wrong. We're not saying here like, don't try and make six figures or do, it's like, do whatever feels right for you. When you have real internal clarity of what you want, it's so much easier to then make those right decisions. A personal example I can give for this is my business a couple of years ago was getting to the VAT threshold. So if people don't know VAT is something that you have to pay in the UK if you're earning more than £85,000 revenue, you can choose to opt into it sooner. There's certain benefits to that, which I won't go into. This will get very boring. But yeah, when you hit 85k within a 12 month period, you have to go VAT registered. And because I just assumed like more money is good, growth is good, everyone talks about six figures, blah, blah, blah. Some people even go VAT registered to look bigger than they are. So it was even this weird, like maybe it means I'm cooler than than I was pre-VAT, who knows? I just kind of went, yep, cool, I'll go VAT registered, didn't think anything else of it. And then realized from being VAT registered for about a year and a half that actually it was damaging my profits because, and this is where it gets a bit technical and if this confuses people, I'm very sorry. When you're VAT registered, you have to pay an extra 20% of all of your revenue to the government alongside tax. A lot of companies will charge that on top, but for me, with, with my clients being small business owners who aren't often VAT registered, I chose the approach, and I know this is my own fault in a way that this happened, to absorb a lot of that cost myself. So actually when I went VAT registered, my business didn't you know, grow to 150K, I maybe got to 100, 110, and actually at those kind of of numbers because I was paying VAT I wasn't making any more profit than I was at 80,000 and it was from realizing that that I could then go right well my personal why is about having enough money but also a good lifestyle and if I want to make loads of money I'm going to have to lose my lifestyle yeah. and I know for me actually that my salary of 30,000 pounds for now is great yeah. I'm really happy with it I don't feel the need to push that so actually I'm going to go DVAT registered do the thing that to others might not look like a successful decision but actually to me me is the right step. I'm sure at some point I'll probably go registered again and, and scale the business past 110. But that's just an example of I think when you know what you want, you can make decisions that aren't just about more, 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 because actually more doesn't always mean more. No. And I think this is something that again is it underlines the complexity of business finances and what I would say hands up like I say to anybody like accounting does my head in like I cannot do it I pay very willingly my accountant every month to sort it all out for me but a going VAT registered also is going to cost you a lot more in accounting fees um, because you have to do a VAT return every three months Um, and then also like if you can afford it I would say to anybody get an accountant as soon as you can because it's not worth again the stress and the confusion because the numbers do start to become quite different like you say you know your turnover and your profit are going to be very different like how much you're spending how much you can expense through the business there's this myth that you can just expense everything which is not sadly true I used to think I was such a baller I'd be like guys I've got these drinks yeah I'll expense it and then my accountant would be like yeah we're gonna need to refund that from your personal account yeah exactly so I would just yeah I always say to people it's one of the things I did very early on and you know some people might decide I don't need to spend a hundred and whatever pounds a month on it but for me the peace of mind the ability to say to someone actually what is going on in my business financially here because it's not always that clear to see and this ties back in I think to this conversation about you know these headline figures that we see from people all the time what comes in is very different to what your profit 
actually is. And no one really talks about what their profit is. People just talk about how much they've made in a month or a year. And they could easily be spending far more than how much they've made to get to that figure. Completely. And it it baffles me how there's no like quick lesson in this when you start a business. I was having a conversation with a client before my month off and we were doing some kind of basic, you know, financial planning and kind of figuring out their their systems for their money. And I was saying these terms of profit and revenue and my client completely within their own right just said like, oh, like, what do those words mean? And for me, it wasn't a moment of like, oh, you know, you're so dumb, you don't know what it means. It was like, oh gosh, I forget. Like you really don't get taught anything. You know, it's all in your own work to figure those things out. And I think that conversation of profit and revenue is so important because you're right when you see people talking about a six-figure business or a 10k month or whatever that's an impressive number I'm not denying that well done you've made a lot of money but that is completely insignificant if you value profit which is ultimately what you then get to take home I know for some businesses profit actually isn't the goal maybe you're in a stage of intense growth so you're spending more than you're making well then crack on like this conversation isn't relevant to you but I think for a lot of business owners who as you've said they're in it for the lifestyle they want to just take home a nice salary each month and and work enough hours profit is a really important conversation yeah it's the most important conversation if that is what you're aiming for and you can actually make more profit on a lower turnover than a lot of high turnover companies and again I think that that is something that isn't talked about if you've got a like relatively comfortable turnover but you've got very low expenses, then you can be taking home the same as somebody that's turning over a couple of hundred thousand, but spending a couple of hundred thousand on their team and on on their systems, on all of those bits and pieces, which add up very quickly. Yeah, completely. And just to clarify, because I realise I moaned about no one knowing what the terms mean. Revenue is all of the money that you make. Cost is obviously all the things that you spend on, fixed and variable. And then profit is what's left over at the end. So the typical sum is revenue minus cost equals profit. So let's talk about those 10K months yes and the glorification of these silly numbers first of all I don't understand where the numbers why these numbers I don't know I'd love to know the first person who said 10k month and be like why 10 why not 9 why not 11 all I can think about is it's just like the number of numbers because I guess you've got like 10k is the first five figures and then 100k is the first six figures it's a pretty big jump from 100k to a million though that's what i found like i'm kind yeah. of around that mark and i'm like where where do we go from here this a million feels like a big goal from this point yeah you go from like six figures to 6.1 figures like maybe i don't know but it is very strange like it is a strange phenomenon of the business world again that these numbers have been I guess, put on a pedestal without context, without any real explanation. And it doesn't, again, really exist outside of the business world. But I know when I started my business, I found it quite hard to escape. And I really like felt the pressure to be like, okay, well, I need to get to X K a month. And I need to increase that and increase that. And I need to be aiming for this 10 K. And the reality is like, I have not done that. I I was, I stopped trying to chase that because I realized that it was totally un, like it was totally not aligned with where I was going with my business. And I was just chasing this number mindlessly. And, you know, again, you can 
have a target you can have a number that you're trying to work towards but just chasing it for the sake of it I think is where we need to start questioning what's going on in the conversations yeah and it's so empty and I think it reinforces what we were talking about earlier of that very emotional relationship with money I feel like I'm at a point with my business where you can probably hear it like I'm so happy talking about my finances because I don't have an emotional connection to it like I feel like I've got and I know you're in a similar position like a very neutral relationship with money I don't really see it as a good thing I don't really see it as a bad thing I see it as a tool I'm like my money exists to give me the life that I want to have the impact that I want to do the things that I want to do and that's about it and of course I care about making enough but kind of past that point it doesn't really mean a lot to me so when I see numbers I'm far less interested in the number itself and far more interested in well what did I do with it or what did that number mean or what did I do to make that money all of the more kind of qualitative things and I wonder if that's a helpful transition as in as a business owner is to try and take the emotion out of money because I can then imagine when you go to then price yourself or increase prices or negotiate negotiate whatever feels a little bit less like I'm negotiating my work and a little bit more oh these are just my price absolutely I completely agree I think that getting to that neutrality is really tricky and it's not somewhere I feel like you stay permanently either it's a place that I have been and I am generally but I go through days through weeks where I have these kind of ups and downs where it starts to wobble a little bit. And I think that's totally natural. But on the whole, I now see money in my business as this tool, as a vehicle to, like you say, give me what I need and would like out of my life. But also like, it is just a fluid tool that comes in and out of my bank account. And so a lot of people I think in business really struggle to spend money because there's this idea again that you make it and you want to cling on to it. And the idea that if you let it go, it might not come back. But actually for so many people, when you start to spend money in the right ways, it can help to make your life easier. It can help you to focus on the bits of your business that you need to focus on that are actually going to help you to build a more sustainable more enjoyable business but you've got to get over that hurdle of spending money and you really can't do that if you feel a lot of fear around money if you feel like it's scarce if you don't think it's going to come back to you if you don't think you're capable of making more ultimately it becomes very hard to invest in your business and then you can get stuck quite easily where you are whereas once you start to believe a little bit more that that money you know is a tool and if you spend it on something that's going to help you with your business ultimately your business will become more successful and you'll make a bit more money and that it's a big cycle and that it really does come and go once you start to put that into practice you see it happen and then you start to become more confident in it that's definitely where I have now got to where I probably spend more money now in my business than I ever have I feel good about it I feel like it is money well spent on mostly support on people to help do bits and pieces of my business admin that I'm not very good at or that I don't enjoy doing so I can focus on the stuff that I am good at Um, and it feels 
good. It feels like getting into a really comfortable rhythm with my business and with that spending. I'm curious, how do you maintain that kind of positive money mindset? I guess that confidence when it comes to finances of like, I will make more, I can make more, like I'm worth it, all of that good stuff, whilst keeping it logical. My frustration sometimes with the kind of, and not, not anything you say to clarify, but with kind of the money mindset conversations I sometimes see is it feels very kind of up in the clouds. Very just like, believe you can do it. And like there's, I love that to an extent, but there's almost no acknowledgement for actually what's realistic, what's yeah. feasible and being kind of sensible alongside being, you know, positive and confident and all of those things. So how for you do you balance that? Because you're obviously not, you know, living invoice to invoice, yet there is still that kind of confidence and self-trust there. Yeah, well, I think you actually kind of touched on it earlier when you were talking about, you know, firstly, deciding how much you need to take out of the business, figuring out what your base costs are and what you need to earn and what you're happy to earn from month to month, I think is a very important step because once you have done that and once you can cover that base, you're in a good position. And I think you have to then not allow yourself or try not to constantly be like, okay, well, this month I want more money. This month I want more money. I'm not saying that you don't want to make more money, but that you aren't going to take more money out. Because I think that once you have a set idea of how much you're paying yourself, it gives you more freedom in the rest of your business. It takes the pressure off is how I see it. It takes the pressure off those other decisions and it allows you to make those other investments because you have got that base level. And you know, most business owners, myself included, do not pay themselves very much money at all. That is A, because I'm fortunate that I don't need to, but B, also because I listen to what my accountants tell me to do and I do my finances in a way that is tax efficient. So month to month, how much I actually pay myself is not very much. That doesn't change how much I want to make, but that means that there's a gap. And so that gap, I know I can spend some of that on growing the business so that maybe next year, I can take a little bit more money out of the business and pay myself a little bit more. So it's very much looking at like the big picture. When I'm talking about spending money as well in the business, I'm not talking about spending loads. I'm talking about finding those areas of your business where you don't a enjoy what you're doing, where they take you way longer than it needs to take you to do jobs and jobs that you're just going to put off. Those are the aspects of the business which I have outsourced and which I am glad to outsource. It's not a case of just outsourcing stuff that I know I can do myself about making, I guess, just sensible decisions and you know knowing how much those services are costing you how much you need to pay out each month having an idea in your mind of okay well I need to cover those costs and obviously if you want some profit you need to make a bit more so it's that there are always little sums going on but if you have relatively fixed level of money that you're paying yourself relatively fixed expenses in terms of your team or whoever you're paying and then you have some level of regularity in terms of your income and again I know that's hard and I definitely haven't got there yet but I'm working towards that kind of consistency that allows you to I guess trust and I say trust but also with fact behind it yes it's that isn't it I feel like such a big part of this conversation is knowing your numbers just as you're saying there of like just knowing what am I making on average? What am I spending? What do I need to make to ensure the business keeps running? What do I want to be taking home myself? And I think when you know your numbers, you can set goals that are, yes, stretching you, but they're also realistic. 
I think that's probably now I think about it, my frustration is when it's just these like plucked out of thin air numbers of like, I want this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna achieve this. And I'm like, cool, how are you gonna do that? And how do we know that's actually something that's realistic and right? Like if you wanna get to, I don't know, five grand a month take home from your business, that's a big figure to me. Um, okay, and you're currently at two grand, maybe the first goal is three grand per month or two and a half. Like, I think it is that awareness of your numbers that helps. And I'm amazed how many business owners, and I don't say this to shame anyone, but if this is you, please change. Um, like don't have a spreadsheet where all of their finances are stored or they don't look at their bookkeeping and log into zero and just see like, yeah. and I get it. If you bury your head in the sand, money doesn't exist. But as we've talked about many times, just personally, when you don't have that awareness, things only get worse. Yeah. The best time to be aware of your money was when your business started. The second best time is today. Correct. So like, <laughs> yeah. Be aware and everything becomes that little bit easier. Yeah, and I would say, and I know this sounds like I'm just constantly plugging accountants, but um, I love my accountants. But honestly, like if you can invest in that cost early on, find yourself an accountant that can talk to you about your business finances that isn't just going to do the bare minimum because it will make a world of difference like I ask my accountants questions like regularly I'll voice note them or whatsapp them and just ask to clarify something or to check something because it's not always clear but having that knowledge I think now you say it is what gives you the confidence because it's not a completely unfounded trust or faith that you're going to you know make some money it is based on a a basis of those numbers that you know yes it's like the, the foundation the money mindset is that bit of kind of knowledge and awareness and I think you can even relate this when you go to kind of the more detailed side of business finances if you think about pricing yourself you know one of my biggest I feel like I'm just getting all my frustrations out in this episode <laughs> But one of the things that frustrates me when people talk about pricing is it is just about like charge your worth and charge more and up your prices and put a zero at the end. And when there's no logic behind it, of course, that then becomes really hard to do yeah. because our brains love logic. If you're just increasing your prices because that's what that guru on that podcast said, it probably is going to feel a bit scary because you don't know why you're doing it. But if you sit down and run the numbers and your pricing is built on theory, pricing yourself is so much easier. Like when I look at my hourly rate, I don't feel like that's what my time is worth or that's the value of me as a human. I just look at that and go, yeah, that's what I have to make per hour to make the money my business needs to make in the time that I want to work. That's all that number is. Like, I think it helps with that detachment, doesn't it? When things come from a place of theory and logic. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I think that's quite a helpful exercise for a lot of people if they're questioning that 10k month 100k turnover actually go back and do those calculations so look at what you're doing at the moment and figure out how much you'd need to work at your current rate or what you'd need to change that rate to and ask yourself like is this realistic or is this just like pie in the sky and even if that is what you want to aim towards like what's the next step rather than jumping from where you are now to there if that's like a 7k a month jump like you say maybe it's about how do I increase my prices slightly like for now how do I have that conversation with a client and put my day rate up like 50 pounds rather than doubling it straight away and just doing it in a way that's going to actually make sense you touched on there again about those kind of 10k months and I feel like a big part of that conversation revolves around comparison yeah. and kind of looking at other people's businesses and other people's finances and you know making assumptions based off of that um I feel like a big part of 
comparing your finances to other people that we don't talk about a lot, and I know this is something you're passionate about, is kind of the invisible financial privilege that we don't often see. Tell us, what is financial privilege? Financial privilege is those privileges that certain people get, certain people have, that help make certain aspects of their life more possible or easier than for other people. Doesn't just apply in business, it applies in every area of our life. And often they're things that we don't necessarily recognize as financial privileges, but they are circumstances, cards that people have been dealt that impact their financial situation for the better. Prime example, and this one ties in, I think, to business owners particularly, and it's something that actually I really think more people need to talk about on both sides of the coin, um, but it also applies to lifestyle more generally, is living at home. People living at home, often it is not considered, and I don't really know why, but people don't think of the fact that they live at home as being a financial privilege. However, it is a huge financial privilege because you don't have to pay rent. If you live at home and you have the privilege of a house where you can live, parents who don't need you to contribute to the bills or need you to contribute very little to the bills, often a house somewhere where it's convenient for you to live as an adult. You, if you're salaried, get your entire take-home pay without having to pay a huge amount in rent. If you work for yourself, you don't have that worry about needing to make enough to pay your bills. It's one of the biggest financial privileges that I think doesn't get talked about enough. And recently on our podcast, we did an interview with um, the founder of a company called Otsu. And actually, Lauren went into a lot of detail about this. And the fact that, you know, when she decided she wanted to start her business and quit her job, she moved home. And I said to her, you know, thank you so much for just being honest about that because I don't think people are honest about it enough. And alongside starting a business and moving back home, I think the other thing that comes up a lot of the time, which, well, doesn't come up, but should come up a lot of the time when it comes to business owners, is having partner. And yeah, and I talk about this a lot and I'm hands up aware that I am that person like I didn't move home um so I've not had that particular privilege of starting a business but I do have a partner who has a has an income every month that comes through through his salary and that has allowed me to take the risk of starting a business kind of just chucking everything at it and seeing what happens and not having that worry about what I need to earn and I'm the kind of person anyway who does worry or did worry about like you know wanting to make my own way and wanting to contribute but there is no denying that deep down you know that if you cannot cover your part of the bills you're not going to be homeless and you're not going to be starving but that doesn't have an impact on you because it does it gives you the springboard to go out and to give it a go and I just don't think enough business owners are talking about the fact that they are living at home or that they're living with a partner who helps cover the bills completely so if you're listening to this and you live by yourself and you're starting your business, crack, you are incredible fighting the fight. Because yeah. it is so true. And there's so many other things that I, you know, so many things that we can't, you know, we're going to be here all day if we go into all of the privileges. But, you know, even having the privilege of being, you know, healthy yeah. within your mind and within your body, you know, that means that you're more capable of starting a business and making that money. You know, there's so many different privileges, you know, just generally white privilege or just knowing certain people and being in different networks, like all of the privileges play a role and actually acknowledging it doesn't change your success. No. There's this weird defensiveness people have of like, 
well, yeah, no, I don't want to admit that like, yeah, my husband has paid the bills for the last year or yeah, I did move home or yeah, this thing did help me. It's like, own it. It's just making it that bit easier for people that maybe aren't in your position to understand why they might not be able to directly compare. Like I would not have been able to start my business in the way that I did and, and be so risky if I hadn't have lived at home because I didn't need to make a lot of money. I didn't have anyone relying on me as well. I, in, in a way I had single privilege because I didn't yeah. have a family. There was no one that you know needed me to make money. So I had the ability to just completely risk it. I'm not saying I wouldn't have got here had I lived at, out of home, but it would have taken a lot more time and it would have been a lot more risky. And I think it's okay to acknowledge those things. Yeah. I've had so many people where based off of what I've seen online, I'm like, oh, they run their business full time and they're completely sustaining their lifestyle. And then I meet them and they've got a full time job that they have alongside their business and they've got a partner that pays a lot of the bills. And I don't have any problems with that. I don't have any judgment for people's lifestyles or who pays for what. If someone wanted to pay my bills, I would absolutely <laughs> encourage them to. But it's the lack of transparency that feels icky to me. You're putting this message out there to people of like, I'm achieving X, Y, and Z. And people are going, well, why can't I achieve that? And if you're not being honest with how you're achieving it, I'm not saying we all need to put on our Instagram bios, like husband pays 70%, <laughs> like that's not what I'm saying, but th there must be a middle ground where we can yeah. be more transparent and just make things a bit easier when other people are looking at what we've got. I think so. And I'm glad you say that because I think that what people often think when they hear these conversations is that that's what we're implying is that you should be like, guys, like I've got a husband who's paying all the bills like that is not it but what it is is I think a if someone asks you how did you start the business how did you get into this position be honest with them about it and I I have this in lots of different areas where I have this like gripe. Um, this is a slight side note, but I listened to a podcast the other day with a very well-known businesswoman mother and has publicly answered the question as to how do you deal with childcare? And she said, we have a nanny. But in this podcast, which was mostly focused on her business, she didn't mention the nanny and it was very much talking about how she juggles everything. And I was like, but there's a nanny as well. I know that in mother world, a lot of people have that feeling of like not being good enough because they can't juggle everything where actually the people they're looking at aren't juggling everything either they've got help and it's exactly the same thing I think we're talking about here so it's a case of like if you're in that conversation you can see that there's a benefit that can be gained for other people listening or watching by being honest about that please be honest about it and then I think secondly I think it's just this goes both ways but I think people often forget that what they see is such a small amount of what goes on. And I'm very aware of this in the fact that like, I have a public platform and some people think that that is my job. I quite often say to people like, and say publicly, yeah, you know, this is not what I get paid for. I get paid a fraction of my income through the stuff that you see like 90% of what I get paid, you don't see. Like, yeah. I don't show you it because A, it's not relevant. I don't also want to expose all of my clients and my life and whatnot to the internet. Um, but like, you only see the very, very tip of the iceberg. When I'm talking about my business and talking about like lots of stuff going on in my business, that's not the stuff necessarily that you are going to see. So I'm happy to answer those questions if people do ask and they're like, okay, so how much, how do you actually make money? I'm very open about what I do behind the scenes, but I think it's just not taking what you 
see as the full story a lot of the time and especially if people are saying like i make x amount of money dig a bit deeper like ask those questions and if that person's not happy to answer those questions there might be a reason why they're not happy to answer them and i think for people especially when you're early stage of business it's also thinking about the time it's taken someone to get to a certain point now we know in business that there isn't a perfect timeline it will take some people longer or or shorter to reach some level of success whatever that might be but that's also helpful to think about like when I started out you know my goal was a 1k month I was looking at these people talking about 10k months and I was like all right that's not relevant for me and there's also this trend of being like in my first year or like I scaled from naught to 5 million in 12 months and I'm like good for you and like that's totally unrealistic for 99.9% of us. Like, how did you do that? And are you going to tell us how you did that? Or are you going to just use that to hook us in and sell us a course? I'm going to say they've probably got a course on how to do that, (laughs) which, you know, super grateful for. Something this is making me think about is how valuable it is to have business friends. Yes. Because you can have those people that just cut through the bullshit and don't tell you the Instagram version of the story, but tell you how it really is. Yes. Because that's always so refreshing to me when I'm feeling a little bit caught up. And like you said, that kind of neutrality around money, it is it does ebb and flow. There are days when I'm like, oh, I feel really bad because I'm not making loads of money or oh, I feel whatever. And it's by speaking to a friend and then being like, no, yeah, I've got that going on too. Or yeah, my profits, I, you know, I make a lot in revenue, but the profit's quite low or like w- whatever it might be. It's always so refreshing to hear that or to hear a friend being like, yeah, I, I my mortgage isn't mine. My parents bought my mortgage because I can't get a mortgage because I have a business. I'm like, oh, just feel so much better yeah. to know you're not alone. It's so true. And I remember when I first decided I was going to give this a go and try and like work for myself, then I didn't really know many people that were self-employed. Like all of my close friends from school, university are all employed. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? And so I followed a few people on Instagram and messaged a few people. And I remember being so nervous going for coffee with Jess, who is Jess from The Doers. And she's now one of my very good friends. And I just remember going to this cafe in Balham and I wasn't even living in London at this time. I moved out for a few months. I went to meet and I was just like, oh my gosh, like like business people, business friends. Um, And it took me so much out of my comfort zone at that point in time because I was so new to it. I really didn't have any confidence. I had no one that I could talk to about that whole journey experience. And day that meeting turned out to be really pivotal in that journey because it gave me somebody that I could speak to about all of this. And even today, I still often go to Jess with questions about pricing and about what I should charge what I should quote for things you know now I've got lots of different friends that are in different areas of self-employment different types of businesses and it has really changed that but I think that it is one thing that I would 100% encourage anyone that is early days to do is to just message people like hop on a call like have a coffee whatever it is just find yourself some people that understand because it is a whole different mindset yeah. ball game and it looks so easy and so fun from the outside <laughs> and it's hard it's it's great but it's hard yeah and knowing other people are finding it hard too you know i'm not reveling in their challenges but 
makes my challenges feel a little bit better. Yeah. You know you're not the only one. Literally, and like, I do not know any business owner who, like, everything's rosy. Like, I just don't. I don't think it happens. There is always a challenge or a hiccup or a bad day or a bad client. It's not perfect. It never will be. And until you start having these conversations, it's so easy to convince yourself that everyone else is having this breezy time, that everything's going swimmingly. So yeah, don't don't believe it and just find yourself some people that you can be, yeah, brutally honest with. When you're having a bad day, you can ring them up and be like, I hate it. I want to quit. I want to go and move to a desert island, which is what I do every few months. Uh, that's been my big vibe this summer. I want to move to another country. Just feels like the UK is slightly crumbling. I've signed quite a long lease, so I don't <laughs> think I will be moving anytime soon because I can't afford to get out of my lease because I live in Southwest London. <laughs> a question I'd like to end on because we started this conversation by talking about money mindset and I feel like it's kind of been bubbling throughout this episode. If someone is like totally new to money mindset or... I mean, I would say I feel quite new to it in the sense that I've never really done any kind of work on my money mindset. Where would you encourage people to begin? Because it sounds like it starts with awareness. How do you get an awareness of something that's quite subconscious? The place I always encourage people to start is a note on your phone or a notebook, whichever format you prefer. Just take 10 minutes, write down how you feel about money. Like write down your thoughts. Try not to filter them. Just try and let it naturally flow. Like write down your fears, your worries, your highs, your lows, just put it all out on paper because, you know, journaling is a thing for a reason. It works um, if you just get into that state and allow your thoughts to come onto paper. The second thing is about the awareness and it's about catching yourself when you're having these thoughts, noting down on your phone what caused those thoughts. So, Again, this takes time, it takes a bit of practice, but when you're going through your day-to-day business life and you notice yourself feeling that pang of stress or worry about money, try and pause for that second and ask yourself, okay, like what's caused this? Like immediately, what's like practically caused it? Mm-hmm. And then what's behind that, that panic or that fear or that yeah. thought? Keep a note of those things. Keep a note of what's going on underneath if you can, but also keep a note of what those triggers are because often there will be patterns in what is triggering them. So it might be as simple as every time you see a post that is a certain type of post that it sets off those feelings. Once you then can start to see those patterns, you can start to then think about how you take action to to change those patterns. So whether it's a case of you create a new thought that, and I know this sounds a bit airy-fairy, but whether it's a case that every time you see those types of comment that you get into the habit of saying to yourself, like, okay, like, I don't need to achieve this to prove my worth, that kind of thought. Mm -hmm. Or whether it's a case that you do something like unfollow those people that are setting off those thoughts. It's about that awareness and then trying to rebuild that pattern so that your thoughts don't spiral into that negative place, which reinforces, I'll never be able to make that much. I need to work harder. Like this person's so much more successful than me. It's about trying to like reroute the thought path. And it's not quick. If you can start to catch yourself having those thoughts, that is the first point at which you can start to change those, the direction of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And move into not even like a more positive place because I'm not being unrealistic and expecting everyone to go like, oh my gosh, I love money, like, yay. But to go from like that negative fear, panic to being like, okay, 
I'm not going to let that impact me or like let it come and let it go. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't there's some thing that I can't even remember, so I can't even butcher it, but it's like the I, the definition of a thought is like passing through. So it's like literally just let it pass through. It doesn't have to set up camp. <laughs> Sit and sabotage and put a dampener on the rest of your day, basically. Like it can just be a thought, an acknowledgement, and then actually get back on track with where you were before you had that yeah. thought or that interruption and focus on you and what you want to do and like just focus on your goals not someone else's goals not someone else's achievements because ultimately that's what we're trying to to get to is what makes us happy what as business owners we define as success I feel like that's the theme of this episode just you do you decide what financial success means to you know your numbers own your situation and let it be that yeah actually they're such a highly personal thing but that doesn't mean you should be shady about it no exactly let's all own our own version of how we do our money yeah and just don't feel like you have to conform to this constant need to like earn more if you're happy with what you're earning in your business like of course you can look for ways to optimize it and of course life's getting expensive but you don't constantly need to be chasing if you want to make more money like great but know why you want to. And if you don't, like, don't feel bad about that. You don't need to constantly be chasing that next, like next milestone, that next figure, because it is exhausting. And I think encouraging people to, yeah, just aim for somewhere and like sit there for a bit, sit there for a little while. Like that can be great. That can allow you to take the pressure off a little bit. Enjoy the hard work that you've put in. Um, You don't constantly need to be moving those goalposts because otherwise you'll literally never, never, ever stop. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for for joining me. Thank you for having me. I will say to the listeners, if they want to learn more about Money Mindset, I will leave all of your links in the show notes. Your podcast is also fantastic. It's my favorite listen when I just need to have that like refreshingly honest insight about money. The episode that I loved recently was about um, how expensive Hindus are. Because that's it, like, again, Alice's frustration is another one of my fin- financial frustrations. So I really enjoyed that. They're very topical, your episodes. Thank you. Which I enjoy. Thank you very much. So everyone goes to the show notes to check Ellie and her podcast out. She's also great on TikTok. Very consistent, so always inspires me. And yeah, always forget what to say. Follow, subscribe, rate, do whatever you want to do. Don't leave a bad review. Um, <laughs> just leave a good one. Thank you very much. Chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, I so hope you enjoyed listening in on that conversation. If you're keen to learn more about how to manage your money as a business owner, I'd really encourage you to join the waitlist for my course, which is launching next week. I've worked with your Juno to put together a super interactive and actionable course, which is gonna help you to understand and implement the fundamentals of sole trader finances. We talk about putting systems into place, understanding tax, pricing yourself, putting aside money for profit and everything in between. It's honestly the course I wish I had when I started my business. Head to the show notes to find out more and join the waitlist. We open doors next week with very limited spaces. So I'd love to see you in there. Head to the show notes to find out more.